What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Survivor Now app. Uh, I was going to say after show. It's a new show we're doing here, which is basically after the game. It's a working intro. You know, you guys know me. I always fumble the intros here. But we are joined today by a castaway from the last season of Survivor of South Africa, Return of the Outcast. She was the 13th person voted off, finished eighth on the show. Please welcome Meryl. And still to this day, I am not going to try to announce the last name because I have a last name that no one can like pronounce, right? So I prefer just Randy. But Meryl, that's the first thing I have to ask you. First off, how are you doing today? And second off, how do we pronounce the last name? Because this goes back to our like preview show. I was like, I got to learn how to say this name. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited. I actually haven't had, uh, a, except for that, like last that week, I haven't really had any other time to just chat about the show. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you, Randy. Um, just Randy. And Abraham <laughs> <Paul>. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Abraham. <laughs> I I also don't, I don't even think my surname is on like Instagram because I just, I don't expect anyone to spell it or say it. Mm -hmm. So you can I move with Meryl like that's, that's Oh, awesome. I like that. I like it. Um, but my surname is Shokievich because I'm married mm. for love. And that is the surname that I'm passing down to all three of my sons. So bless their wives one day. <laughs> you or said their partners one day. If I'm going to pick up the surname. Yes. I'm going to try it here. I'm going to try it one time. Sokiewicz. No. Ah. You know, that's that so, so don't don't think of how you see it because i think that's just just hear it and say it you know shokievich yes don't think about the spelling because the spelling's gonna you you actually got it really like 92 percent right so i'll take that that well is done. <laughs> you well can tell done. us you've earned, you're, you're you have earned yourself a tribal council pass thank you oh let's go let's go i can't wait to see how it ends up for me that's a, you, just a little dab. I'm going to have to talk about that with the travel council pass. But Abraham didn't even try it here. He was like, I'm no. not even going for it. Well, because people mess up Abraham. And it's really oh. kind of, you can change the Maybe. letters around, but you can't just drop letters. They'll be like, well, your name is Abrams. Well, Abrams is spelled entirely different. And it'd be like, Abraham, like it's an S on it. I'm like, no, it sounds just like it looks. But oh. Abraham. I, I'm pretty good about asking yeah. people to enunciate their names. That way I don't mess them up. And I think people should. But if you mess up Abraham, you just kind of, you probably kind of flunked out of high school. College <laughs> thought, yeah. It's in history a, books. We got a, we got yeah. a different <laughs> issue there. But uh, Meryl, thank you so much for joining us today. We were sad at the time that we couldn't speak with you right out of the game, but glad that you're feeling better. The kids are right. asleep, right? So we're good to go. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're, they're at least in their, in their bedrooms. Whether they're asleep, I'm not sure, but they will not be coming down. <laughs> yeah they're like we're, we're all good here uh well yeah. i want to know first off what was it what was it like to get back in the game because coming i mean we have a wide variety of uh people here with survivor experience we have abraham who went on the show he got his opportunity a few years back i haven't had that opportunity yet still trying but you got to go back and play for a second time yeah. which is something that not everyone gets to do so what was it back to get or what was it like to get that invitation back and just be back in the game of Survivor? I'd, I'd have to talk about me coming off the previous time um, and saying and just having this gut feel, I guess, that I, I knew I'd be back on. Um, and it, it sounds clairvoyant in a way or maybe arrogant. I don't know. But I, I just really had I just always had that feeling. 
and um and so when the call came i was expecting it so it was like a yes of course i'm coming <laughs> um no brainer and even my husband was like how did you know i'm like i don't know i just i just knew that i wasn't done with the game i had some unfinished business with the game itself and um and with that like the 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 deeper calling was and i'm going to win like i'm not going there because i have a score to settle i'm going there because i'm going to win without a shadow of a doubt that that was that was me i was going to win now what was the time difference between you being on the show and getting the call to go back on the show uh 3 years uh, two and a half two oh that's not bad two and a half years yeah yes, reason- and also i'm sure you've heard be- there was a um <clears throat> just before they casted season eight, there was a, um, a an interview process where they were um, maybe thinking of doing a fans versus favorites for season eight. Mm-hmm. So I was invited back to that panel um, to be interviewed. And I'm not sure how many of us were there. I'm going to say there were 30 um, over the few seasons um, that were invited then to just see like, what would the possibilities be? And I did think at that time, it was a little bit too soon in the franchise and, and um, the viewership, in South Africa is also still very young and not mm-hmm. they, they're not caught up on gameplay versus popularity. So you get someone like Chappies, who's an incredible entertainer um, who plays a, an athletic game that everyone can see, but then someone versus <clears throat> uh, a Kieran who is just a strategic mastermind. Absolutely. Where um, their games are so vastly appreciated like with the South African fandom. So that is how Chappies was able to get a fan favorite top three. <laughs> and, and then and one, I was going to say just, that one that episode. That was so brilliant. <laughs> that was like, he was, he was in two episodes. He was the first person voted off, um, but he was a finalist to get the fan favorite. And that's just how it is. Like, I don't think any, anyone's even mad about it. It's just the viewership is so loyal to entertainment um, over gameplay that, uh, and he he is like a kind of he's an impactful character. He uh, engages his fans in, and especially with kids. Kids love him. Oh, I, I could see it. The, yeah, yeah, I remember going to the gym and people were like, "Well, you're better than Jamie." Like the parents were really upset because their kids were upset because we voted out Chappies, and we like, but why why wouldn't you vote Chappies out first? Like you know how he's going to play. Is he as energetic in real life as we see him? Like oh. on, is he the same person that we see? He is, but what what the edit always does, it it hones on it like magnifies a certain aspect of your character, um, and it it like magnifies it completely so that all we see is, um, someone running around naked on the beach or someone conniving. <laughs> but that's not yeah. the only aspect. Like like yeah. I think Poverty Shallow is the best person to uh, compare that to because she's not just a flirt, like she's got a brilliant br- like mind on her. She knows how to weave in and out of social. But they magnify, oh, she's such a flirt. It's not just the one aspect. So the same with Chappies. He actually has, um, he really loves connecting with people and loves hearing their stories and love exchanging ideas. Um, an entrepreneur at heart um, and listening. Uh, now, so, yeah, he's a great guy. Now, I'm interested to hear, you, you mentioned uh, poverty there. And I'm interested, before we actually get into, like, this season, this time in the game for you, I want to know how you got, 
started with the whole survivor how you got into the survivor experience as a whole and how you got into the show before applying for the first time so how did that all start that's a good question um i used to watch it when my first season that i watched was uh, uh season two the outback um and i was so crazy about jerry i loved her <laughs> guys i, I love i could see a little I'm jerry in you <laughs> I, I loved her, like the chaos in her. And it's just absolutely, I absolutely loved her. Um, and I love like Jerry, Alicia. I don't know. They're a little antagonizing at times, um, but they're strong women who won't like stand down. Like, that's my favorite like, season ever. So the one you started really? on. The, yeah, that's I've, I've watched, watched it, it again. I've watched it like three or four times. And it's like the only season that I've watched so many times. So like oh, just really? hearing you say you were a big fan of Jerry and stuff. I connected with Jerry when she played like Colby and, and yes. Tina, the, the eventual winner, Tina, everyone oh, yeah. in that season, that's what got me into survivor. So that's just like a little yeah. connecting of the dots there. Oh, I love my that. Gosh. It was I actually it was, never even like, so I, I, it was the first season I watched and it made an, it, I, it made an impact on me. And um, back then what was available on our TVs uh, because of licensing was like <laughs> four years later or mm -hmm. whatever it was. So I watched a few, um, I, I believe the biggest love story of all time is season seven. Just any, like it trumps Titanic. It tr like any love story you've ever. <laughs> any movie. Like, yeah. Do you want, do you want to hear and see the biggest love story? Just watch season. Like for me, it's just the most amazing ever. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it continues and it's a real life story. Like it's just so beautiful <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> so I followed the show and then I disconnected. Like I followed the old school show. So I was very much an old school fan. And then I disconnected from it for a while. And then season six, um, I actually know Werner. So Werner and I worked for the same church organization. Oh, wow. Um, so I so I knew Werner and I was like, oh, well, actually his wife and I, um, when I was pregnant with my second son, she was like my maternity buddy. So her and I will always share that bond. Like we carried our babies together. So we were like always texting each other like, oh, that's <laughs> So I'm closer to his wife and um and she's also a creative and I yeah I absolutely love her. Um so that was my connection to the South African franchise, I guess, is seeing Werner. And then I really um and then I really got invested because knowing knowing someone um and watching a show that you really love, it kind of becomes real to you. Like, could I possibly Show. I was gonna say, did that start with you? Were you like, oh, I could kill this, or was yeah, it? I, didn't, that, that I don't know if you were with your husband at the time, or was he kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meryl, you could, you could go out there and no, win. This. I was like, I'm gonna kill the show, and he's like, yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's my girl. Perfect answer. <laughs> so, Absolutely perfect yeah, response. No, my, my husband doesn't go. That's my girl. Let me just like, that's not him at all. He's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so. So it's... I actually, I have an acting background, uh, performing mm -hmm. arts. I have a degree in performing arts. So I wrote a script and I planned how we were going to film it. And I made sure the script explained all the reasons why. And then on the second attempt, I wrote a song <laughs> on why they should put me on your, on the show. And I played it on the keyboard. And that was like my second video entry. Um, and then, yeah. And then I just, that's, that's actually how I got on. And then, and then we obsessed over the show and then, we like the whole family just obsessed we watched season upon season and every thursday night in our house whoever was here uh, thursday night became survivor night so we all eat pizzas the kids are allowed to drink coca-cola um no sugar no caffeine version 
um, that's like our wild night. <laughs> adults drink wine. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so Thursday night was just like an institution in our home. Like Thursday night is survivor night. And so we'd watch whatever season was on Australian, US, South Africa, whatever. We were always, every Thursday, we are watching Survivor. One or two or three episodes. Australian, maybe just one, because it goes on forever. Oh. Meryl, you, you got so lucky, because if it wasn't so late, I was going to be like, do you remember that song? Can we get a little, <laughs> can we get a little? Oh my gosh, I will send you the link. Oh, yes. Like, put, me, like, put me on your show. Oh, put me on your show. Oh, come on, give me a go. Wow, put me on your show. And then it was like, this like, like rock like in the verses like <laughs> da, na, 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 na. And I love this on the piano like bum, ba, dum, bum, put me on and you perform this like, in your your tape yeah I actually have a I I actually have it on my Instagram somewhere oh uh, my god it's on my Instagram somewhere everyone is. go check it out this is like go you check my <laughs> you're officially the the best singer we've ever had on the show I, no one else is saying <laughs> so there's like no competition oh, but i think sing. You. like you can count on it <laughs> I will this is sing. the first <laughs> no i think really? i yeah, think that's what drew me sing. oh yeah no one is saying on the show and i think that's what drew me to rooting for you i have to go ahead and apologize i'm i know you know you were my winner pick and you got oh. the randy the randy curse of me saying you're my winner pick because every time i say someone's my winner pick they can never make it to the end oh, and Randy like, is the worst He's the worst picker ever. <laughs> but it, but it's also not like it happens in real time. Like it's not like Randy decided and then you know and then the curse yeah, yeah. arrived. Like it, it's already happened. I like to pretend like it does. Like does it? You know, did it add to the drama? Did it add to the tension when you found out? You know, you're on the island and you found out you're my winner pick. Did that make it harder on the island? <laughs> um, I was my own winner pick. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so was I. maybe we both. Could. <laughs> Look, everybody's over. <laughs> so here's a question. Now you're coming back on the show. You get the phone call. How many people did you know and build relationships with from the first season that you were on that was on this season or that you wanted to come on this season with you? If I have to show you my diary from last year and (laughs) the drafts and drafts and drafts and drafts and drafts of possible players, possible um, players, game mechanics that I'm a, that based on the little bit of information and the three signs and the three, like, what does it all mean? And we have an alum group chat where um, people like chat and like, Ooh, that's suspicious. Oh my word. I wonder oh, like rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of people that I like, okay, maybe this is a possibility. This one is definitely cost because of this reason. And I think I had about, 10 people that I was sure would definitely cost. I had, I actually had a pregame chat with Dino because mm. for me, he was a definite cost. Yeah. I'd already made up in my mind that there was a pregame versus uh, pre-merge versus post-merge. Uh, like Dino and I chatted about, I'm like, Dino, I think it's pre-merge versus post-merge. If it's pre-merge, you're going to have Seamus and Tevin on your, on your tribe. And then based on like the chat, um, I called a full, I was a fan of Teresa's game because I, I could see that she had such a mind on her for the game. And so she was in it as well. And then post-merge, I knew Tony would be on. I knew Marion and Shane, um, Dante. Dante, I just have to send like a purple heart to. Like, hey, purple heart. And <laughs> he can like send a winky face. And that's all That's all we need to say to each other. I knew Steffi was on. I knew it was amazing. Like I, I actually, 
So I didn't wow. necessarily pre-game, but I knew that I also had good relationships with a lot of people across the board. Um, I was nervous if Tanya was on because I wasn't sure where I stood with her. And that is, um, even in the pre-game interviews, I mentioned that. And um, I'm trying to think who else I knew was like a slam, Palesa, slam dunkers. Mm, yeah. I'm um, shocked you got this many of them right. So you already right. knew coming into it, you pretty much knew who the cast was. Was there anyone I, I, who I knew I'd be safe? You? I knew I'd be safe for a, for a while. Yeah, I I knew, and I I would just need to be quiet and let the um, characters emerge. Was there anyone who wasn't cast or someone who was cast that kind of surprised you? You were like, oh, I was not I thought, expecting that. Yeah, I thought Santoni would be on for certain, mm-hmm. and I was surprised by Pinty, and I had a really good relationship with Pinty because after I'm quite a mama bee, so. After her season, I reached out to her. Um, her and I went to the same primary school. She was there for a year. My uncle was the headmaster of that primary school in East London. So I knew I had a connection. I don't know. I always make connections. I really, I, I believe in people. It's it's the and acting so, background. It's I do the same thing. It's the it's the theater background. You go through yeah, theater yeah. and stuff, and you're just so good at making connections. And it's so it's such a part of the of like the job as well. Like it's not, you have to make those connections. Every person you meet, make sure you introduce yourself. And yeah. yeah. So it's that, it's, it's that theater background. Yeah. And so when I saw her, like when I saw the cast, I was like, I can win with this cast. I can win. I got to get a review. I got to get a review though. Cause I'm not sure about you. And I got to get a review. <laughs> and then those people were being get, gotten rid of. Um, except I was very sad about PK. Mm. So I, when did you I, find out about the cast who had made the show for that season? When we were on the mat. Oh, there. okay. Yeah, so it was just like a gut feel. The way people were posting on their social media, um, the way they were talking in the group suddenly, like, oh, you haven't been vocal at all in the last four years. Why are you suddenly <laughs> so chatty? Suspicious. Um, so, yeah. So I had, like, lists and lists and lists and rows and lists and scratched out and even while we were in isolation before the game, I would like, like lean over and yeah, if I could hear like someone's voice. And then I think that's where I, I picked up Kilani because I heard it. I heard an accent and I was like, who could it be? And, and the tone, the way the person was speaking was quite um, matter of fact, like, and then this, and then that. And I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, whose voice is this? And I was like, oh, it's Kilani. It's Kilani. She's yeah. So yeah, I just kind of heard the tone, I guess. And I, it's funny. It's funny you brought up the emojis because I'm kind of on that. I'm kind of dealing with that right now. I'll reach out to some people that I know who might be on a future uh, Survivor season, either Australia or something like that. And every time I yeah. reach out, I'm like, what have you been up to? You've seemed uh, awfully busy lately. I just get like the emoji with the zipped lips. And I'm like, all right. Uh, yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so like it's that. enough. <laughs> um, I messaged Jock as well. And I know, I know that I'm, I've been quite close with him. So I know that he was planning to immigrate mm. and I just messaged him purple power forever or Ta'alo forever. Like the purple heart was always, always Ta'alo. Cause like, I didn't realize Felix was um, going to like most of Ta'alo was there from my first season. Yeah. And I said Ta'alo forever or something or purple Ta'alo. And then he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, Oh, you're not <laughs> <laughs> like, what? how is that? And then, and then he figured out what I was saying. And he was like, he actually declined and I actually used him saying that he declined as like a way in to start a conversation with other people. Like, Hey, did you go 
Mars knows in. So I heard Jock decline. What have you heard? Oh, I heard so and so. Okay, great. Let's go. <laughs> so take that and like take that like just little little message of hey, did you hear this? And just spider web it kind of out yeah. to a whole bunch of other conversations. And then he came, he's like, Meryl, you were the only person I told. <laughs> then I declined. I'm like, but you didn't tell me not to tell anyone. It's fair. You always have the game to starts. Sure. The game starts before you on the island. It really does. So um, once you once make sure. once you got like in the game, so you're standing on that mat. So you already had a good idea of who was going to be there with you. Who was the first person? I mean, you could even say when you guys are arriving on the boats, who is the first person that you're like, I have to talk to them. I got to form an alliance with them. Who's the per- first person who kind of stuck out to you? Marion. So Marion, when I watched her season, she, um, so within the culture, cultural demographic uh, landscape of South Africa, um, uh, my race is the colored race which is that is our name we are the colored race and um it's generally a mixed race but also there were bushmen that were the indigenous people in south africa okay so Mm. colonial colonialism like ruled and apartheid happened and then the power shift and it became a rainbow nation but the power then went to like the black africans and um there was then black economic empowerment so like but the colored race Mm-hmm. Was has never been to this day empowered, and I was actually home um, this weekend because we had uh, uh, we had some family stuff, and it was so sad for me to drive through what was then the town, what is called the townships because of um, the Group Areas Act, which was abolished, but the community was never empowered. So, like drugs, teenage pregnancies, it's just rife in those areas. Mm-hmm. So, as a coloured female, whose parents could give her education and was a second generation because my parents are also educated so they were first generation second generation um i am drawn to other strong women of color like it's just a thing like oh shiny um so it just is and so i was such a fan of hers the way she played in her first season just the, the way her mind is geared for the game and i wanted to be on the right side of that because i understood what on the wrong side ironically meant and that now, was now those are the that's who you wanted to make a connection with who did you look at and was like man i wish you hadn't got pitch um i knew i and i said this my kids are such fans of chappies um like fan fanboy like, <laughs> yeah like he actually came to come. I didn't tell them. He came to come visit us. And they were like, <laughs> you know, like completely starstruck. And I told him, if Chappis is on the show, I have to get rid of him first. Oh, um, to your so children. When he was drawn <laughs> into like, guys, you know, I like the guy, but like you can't give him any. And so when he was drawn into our alliance for numbers, I was like, okay i guess it can work and then when it all flipped i was like cool <laughs> like yeah it sucks but oh yeah i noticed that you didn't seem to fight when everyone was like uh hey you want to get chappies out you're like all right um so yeah that and i've told him that as well like he is such a renowned player such a great player and again he showed it to us now he showed us flames like the fact that he got fan favorites. This is just the caliber of player you're playing with. Like, 
I can't play at his level. I just can't. I can play strategically, but I can't play at, I just can't. Um, the biggest thing about Survivor for me is you need to be able to predict people's movements. So when people are hyper-emotional, you can't predict their movements. So when, when Tony became uh, uh, triggered, Mm, yeah, I hate it when they say women are emotional because men are Dante is we like are the most, super the most <laughs> yeah. emotional person. Yeah. So when Dante is triggered as well, I also like it's difficult to play with him, but I know that he trusts me, and I know that what you see is what you get with him. Um, so I know how to handle that. But uh, Chappies is someone I can't predict his movements. I don't know what they mean. I'm sleeping. He's digging. So just for for that reason, I couldn't. It's not a play I can play with because I can't predict what he's going to do because he's also playing to a greater audience. He's not necessarily playing to the 19 other of us on the on the show right now, presently. He's playing for the people out there in the future. The fourth wall, he's playing to them and I can't see their reactions to what he's doing. So there's, mm. there's something I can't read. And so for that reason, I was like, Boy, <laughs> you're really cool, but, is... but I just... <laughs> but you got to go. Thank um, you for coming, but you, you, you got to. Yeah. Now you you mentioned I wasn't going to I didn't have this written down as a question but you mentioned like the arguing that went down on the tribe and we don't have to talk about that one um, situation between uh, Tony and Dante but this is something that I don't know when you're out there you know all of you guys are kind of starving struggling there's not food and everything when arguments mm-hmm. like that happen on the island is it kind of like just step back and let them work it out themselves or is it kind of a difficult thing to navigate. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite difficult to navigate because you're playing a game. I I like to build bridges, I believe. Um, I'm that person in my family and very much I end up being like the only like other person in the room that can give a different voice or mm-hmm. so I I believe that I'm able to um, empathize with both sides and to build a bridge, but I'm in a game and I need to choose a side. Um, which which makes it really difficult. Like with the Tony thing, is I did go there to. No, I actually asked the. I actually asked and I asked, especially Palesa, because Palesa was on the side. I'm like, is anyone gonna go comfort her? And Palesa said, no, I don't. I don't mm. do that. And I realized, like, I'm on the other side, but I can also just be a little bit humane. Um, but because you're in a game, it it. I guess it wasn't the right move. In terms of that, because I was on the other side and therefore seen as the enemy, and then what came mm-hmm. about that also was it was a bit disturbing for me. Like I was like, yeah, put out my neck, but I'm also getting tramped on. Like yeah, yeah. It wasn't it, oh man, it wasn't pleasant, but I understand it. And then what? And then furthermore, like I said, Dante is he is an emotional a person, and he's very black and white, and um. He's also very much like my husband where they are able to see um, logical things without emotion. And I'm able to see emotional things with logic. Like, like, so I start with emotion and then I can go steps back. They start with logic and then they go into, maybe they can be persuaded into <laughs> the emotional aspect of it. So, um, so that kind of continued in the game. And then you also have to decide like if someone else is taking the heat for something, you're not in the narrative so people will ignore you for a while which what which was what i was hoping um dante and i spoke very little strategy ever he spoke mostly with marion and i made sure that i wasn't talking to him even though i knew we could trust each other 
I knew that once we were seen speaking together once. Yeah, it seemed like everyone thought that you guys were um, kind of a pair. Like that's what kind of drew that target on your back is because, you know, well, we don't want to go after Dante, but if we can't, well, we want to, but if we can't get Dante out, then let's go after his right hand woman here in Merrill. And I was getting the sense. I'm like, are we sure we're getting a right read on this? Cause I just didn't see you as his right hand woman per se. Yeah. Well, well, and him and I have had this conversation many times. He's the closest person. I guess to me, we had, we had like a lot of soul searching that him and I had to do on Ponderosa because he was hella mad at me. Um, oh. but I also, I was just like, I can't win this game. I can only win the game if you're on my jury. I, I can't I can't win it besides mm-hmm. because you're unpredictable. And you say and many times he said and did things that would like expose the alliances or expose information without discussing what he was gonna do, like just like cowboy away, like like it never made the edit. But we I dug through Tajan's bag and I found like a little he had a little necklace. He actually wore it on the reunion. And I looked at it and I was like this looks like an incomplete idol. It doesn't look like something that the art department would design as a full idol. <laughs> but I don't know what this is, but it's something. And in the end, it was just something he brought with him. But um, it became quite a talk on the first uh, um, Masu. And at one point, he just like started talking about it openly to whoever was sitting there and at the time Palesa wasn't on and Palesa is so smart oh my word she's so <laughs> like she's so smart and her eyes don't change nothing it nothing changes in her face so you can tell her information and there's not a beat that you can read like okay oh, and then I then I'm scared then I'm like oh crap, 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 crap. she's what is she doing she's, she's, she's making plans in her because she's so smart um so there were just un, there was an unpredictability about him that I couldn't play and he was he was playing on his own and he was um he was becoming like a, like, like puffed up. Um, and, and it wasn't an alpha thing. It was more like a, like the game was going his way. So um, his persona grew. And so when I had eventually the chat with him, I was trying to tell him, you need, you need to make yourself smaller somehow. I don't know what that means to you, but you're very big and it's, causing your personas really big and it's kind of like play the game a little you know take your gameplay and kind of reel it back a little bit is it kind of that situation yeah but it's even around camp like lighting the fire or i don't or like taking the machete and chopping some wood or it's it and and it is like you do as things go your way in the game you gain confidence i mean football like any sports players you walk differently you so people can sense that you have a little bit more you can't you can't help it it's just what you give off um but now, yeah i i realized that i i couldn't play with him but i didn't realize that there was this massive narrative i didn't realize how big the narrative was against us and i thought if i got rid of him that the narrative would stop like funny okay. funny you said you went through uh Tayshin's bag because i don't know if you're keeping up with u.s survivor but that is a big a talking point right now is whether or not it's okay to go through someone's bag on the show yeah, I know Oz doesn't allow it. They don't. Yeah, I think it came up. I think it came up when they showed that. Ma- I mean, I, mean, I went through Chappie's bag. I went through everyone's yeah. bags, like all the time. But um, you got to know it's in people's bags. <laughs> yeah. like, Once you start it's a game, 
Yeah. All love and fair. That's what I'm thinking. No. Because some people are like, it's like ethically wrong. I'm like, it's not yeah. like you can't steal oh, anything, game. but like you're gonna do airport, it. Yeah. He was at the airport, yes, ethically wrong. But if you're yeah. in the game of Survivor, it, it's a part of the show. It's a yeah. part of the gameplay. Exactly. And if you're if you're not you if you have something, then make sure you're hiding it properly or you like Marianne was so clever with her um diplomatic immunity because she mm -hmm. split it up man marion marion is always thinking of how to get people on her side like just always even if it's not necessary she's always thinking how she can insulate herself and it was it was phenomenal so she's always telling tiny little lies continuously like so she gets it she finds it with steffi Steffi mm -hmm. and her form, obviously, the bond, which I didn't know about. Then she tells Dante. Then she tells me. But she tells That me. was before uh, the full package, right? They're kind no, of. No, no, no. That oh, was when the full package was. That yeah. was when the, the full package was established, like, on day one. When the boys oh, right. the shelter. <laughs> we were just like, hey, ladies, let's let's do an alliance. I think we only named it on, like, day four. After Abraham's like, next question, that's where I was going to go, is because I loved the full package alliance. Oh, I absolutely loved it. Abraham, did you have something real quick, though? No, I was going to ask, when, do, when was their alliance formed? Mm. And... On day one. On day <laughs> one, the boys were building the shelter, and the women, the boys were building the shelter with very hard and dry bamboo. Realized they couldn't do anything with it, which is why we all slept in the sand and the other shelter as well. It was so hard. Like, I've slept on bamboo. That was, like, mm. it was horrible to sleep on. Falsified, so uh, was it fossilized bamboo is not comfortable. Yeah, and I mean, it's this is Africa. Like, where, where are we going to find bamboo? Like, like <laughs> you know, so, there to import the stuff. But so, the Mary, time it came to us, it was, as you say, fossilized anyway. So, I'm sitting the out there. Was great, but the practicality <laughs> of it was horrible. I'm so, sitting out so there. Day Fiji. one. So, so, I'm sitting out in Fiji, and we're, 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 we're going to collect bamboo for our shelter. And I'm like, why is this bamboo so hard? And Boche uh, yeah. looks over to me, he said, hey, you do know bamboo doesn't grow in Fiji. <laughs> For whatever reason, it, it dawned on me that this bamboo had been sitting here a while, which makes it way difficult to try to work into a shelter. Yeah. We also, our, our bamboo was also planted in Samoa. Oh, wow. It doesn't grow there. Yeah. So some of it like had like, you know, the stock writing, you know, when you get like a pile of wood or whatever, there was, like, <laughs> some of it had like, oh, this is a stock 150 slash 0.2 or whatever. So it was just like placed around. Um, you guys are making it sound so fun to sleep outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making me super excited for it. You sleep on it's the not fun to sleep outside. <laughs> Abraham, is it fun to sleep outside? In, in Fiji, yes. It, it's, it wasn't bad to sleep outside. You, you, your cast had like some weather differences where sometimes we saw you in jackets, sometimes we saw you in shorts. And I was like, is the weather was the weather that extreme from night to day? Yeah, in the beginning especially. So it was shared that time. I, I'm actually, where we shot the season was in the Eastern Cape, an hour and a half away from where I grew up and we used to holiday around the coastline. So I was like, again, another reason why I'm going to win the universe <laughs> me the most. Um, but uh, the evenings were very, very, very cold and there wasn't a lot of sunshine during the day until it got to... Um, middle february i would say like towards merge and towards that's when it actually warmed up but it was really really cold at night and because so unlike um fiji and where most of survivors shot where there's a reef and then um 
then there's like a little bit of beach and then jungle. Um, there's massive sand dunes and the sand dunes like keep going up like they 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 really grow like and then the vegetation becomes denser on the sand dunes but you really have to do quite a trick up and down the sand dunes but um because of that where the shelter is built is like almost in a valley between two sand dunes and then like the top one is where the vegetation is and the mm -hmm. bottom one is where the ocean is and there's paths so what would happen at night is the cool air would come from the ocean and then the cool air would come from the, the, mm. the and then it would pool around us so you're stuck in like a freezer every every which way so like it it doesn't matter how you're insulated like hot air rises cold air sinks mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter where you are there's just these gusts of cold air like just <laughs> pooling around you throughout the <laughs> night and so that's how that, like you you have to sleep in the fire to get warm and that's also dino actually did sleep in the fire <laughs> yeah yeah so well, have you have to be so before. close to the fire to get warm. That's why there was so much contention with the Tanya and Pinty and fire because at like 10 people sleeping around a fire is impossible mm -hmm. um, until you get a top and then the top we actually just used as insulation. So we didn't even put the top because the area experiences drought mm. um, and was going through drought. It didn't rain very much, but you're insulated within the top and that and then we got blankets later on as well, which was just it's so cold. It was just so oh. cold, especially at night. Yeah. See, I yeah. keep saying they should do a cold survivor. They just did it. They, they just did a cold it's survivor. Cold during the night, not doing it. Doing it. We had tropical weather, so we. It, it was yeah, our. Yeah, Samoa thing. was fantastic. Like it rained in Samoa. It rained. It didn't rain the first night, but then for eight consecutive nights or seven consecutive nights, it rained. Like just poured. But I wasn't as cold. I was weekly, but I wasn't as cold as I was this time. Like you're uncomfortable and it's raining and you can't sleep and. It's like it's an anxiety that is it's a different kind of uh, fight. It's more of so, like an anxiety, but I got to ask. So we had to yeah. send in all our clothing, all our clothing for the show was sent in ahead of time. Do y'all do the same thing for South Africa? Yeah. So in the we had we had less items of clothing this time around. Um, in Samoa, we had a little bit more, but I think altogether we had like besides the clothes on you and besides like a couple pairs of underwear and socks. I think we need we had to have six items, which included a hat. And oh, you had to have a hat? Well, you could choose. Oh, so if in your choice. six items you want to bring a hat, then that's one of your six items. But then you're going to get one less other item. Than, so <laughs> That's right. We could not, yeah. You couldn't get a hat unless somebody else if somebody else already had a hat. So it was more of a timing thing. If you sent all your yeah, clothes so in and got them approved. someone out and they leave the hat behind, then you're going to have You had a hat, though, didn't you? If I remember correctly. I did. I loved yeah, you my hat. Still have it with you? Absolutely. It's got like the South African flag and the colors like all. That's right. I'm like, yeah, I remember a hat. Yeah. I love the hats. I do want to, I want to loop back around to kind of the point we kind of teased a little bit a couple minutes ago, and that was the full package alliance. So uh, myself mm. personally, I'm not usually a fan of when in the game an alliance forms based off genders. So like all male alliances are all female alliances, but this was one that, and Abe can attest to this. I was so behind it. Like the moment I saw it, I was like the way you guys yes. described it, the way you were like, okay, you're the strategic one. You're the physical one. You're the social one. I was like, okay, I like this. Like these three girls are going to tear this competition up. And I was convinced at the time, I'm like, oh, this is going all the way to the end. It's going to be a legendary Absolutely. run. They're going to dominate. 
So I have to ask. <laughs> Absolutely. What happened? Because <laughs> I was so, like rooting yeah. you guys on. I mean, I say it when we formed the alliance, like I'm fangirling yeah, because as a fan of the show, to see this, number one, was like amazing. To, to see smart women come together and be okay with like, that's what you're good at. So you just do you, boo-boo. I'll do me. We, we're going to work together. And, and then we're just going to like rule the game. We're going to. And everyone was actually so good relationally as well. And everyone was good strategically as well. So there were times where we would bounce things off each other. And it just worked really well. Um, again, coming back to kind of the social demographics of our country again it's so for me it's three colored women working together and um there hasn't been in the media a lot of representation like that that i know of so it was very special to me on an on a different level so i was very happy there was no one that i was threatened by to sit at the end with there just wasn't like i felt confident always confident in my own game and confident at what i was able to stand up for myself that no one and it sounds arrogant. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I but it was, but it was, but it was just, I was, I was friendly with everyone and I could have worked with anyone. I chose to work with these. I, I would have been scared to sit with Palesa. No, I would have been afraid of Palesa. Palesa, when she's like, when she speaks, people just listen. She speaks with such wisdom, like there's such wisdom in what she says. I would have been scared to sit at the end with Palisa. Um, uh, but when it came to merch, I really, I was quite comfortable with everyone. So I knew that there were eyes on me, but I, was, I wasn't ready to part with the full package. I could see a way to the end with them. And whatever I was gaining was for us. Um, it wasn't something that I hid. And it was information like Marion knew about the tribal council pass. I didn't tell Dante. I didn't tell anyone else. Um, and then I told Steffi as well. Um, I knew about Steffi's idol. <coughs> so I wasn't ready to let it go. However, I knew that one of the three of us would be at some point. I knew when I made the alliance that, that would, there would be a backstabbing situation. And I didn't realize how close Marion and Steffi were as well. Um, I thought we were still all kind of in it together. So initially when Felix comes to me and he's like, they're coming after you. And I go, who, Marion? It was Marion. And he goes, no, Steffi. Because it made sense to me that Marion would make the first move, that Steffi would want mm -hmm. it, but Marion would make the first move strategically. Mm -hmm. um, and then he presented this plan. And um, I just, I don't know. I knew... I knew that the, I couldn't go back and save it. If everyone had decided against me, I I just kind of knew I couldn't go back and save it. And I also believed that I had made really good relationships with Dino, Felix, and Philip because I was trying to play with... with I knew Felix from... Uh, let me talk about Felix again. I'll just, <laughs> yeah. But I had made, I'd been playing with Dino, and especially because Dino and I pre-gamed, Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say, you already have that connection with Dino. Yeah, so I thought I had a connection with Dino. Um, but I mean, our pre-gaming conversation didn't mean as much to him as it did to me. Because like, I'm about storytelling and about people's journeys. And so, which is what frustrated Dante about the whole thing as well. When we understand you and I say, oh, I don't want to get rid of Dino. He's such a nice guy. That's not <laughs> actually the story. I don't want to get rid of Dino because 
I also made a promise to him saying, if I can, I would get you to. That's what it kind of seemed like at the time is the three of you were like, when Dino was kind of on the chopping block, they painted that picture of like the three of you were like, Oh, we feel bad for Dino. We don't want to get rid of Dino because, you know, emotionally and stuff like that. So that's interesting. You say that. Yeah. No, it, it really. It wasn't emotions. It was my word, my logic, and my belief in people. Like, really. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, Meryl Dino, I don't understand you. <laughs> like, what? But it's fine. Like, that's a story. Like, people, it's not sexy to say that they pregame. And it was, we yeah. spoke about it. it. It came up in final. Everyone spoke about it. It wasn't something we hid. Well, it wasn't something that Dino hid. Let me say that. I never came out. He like, was like, we pregame. Yeah, I could say I could see Dino talking about that about to everyone. Like, why are you telling people Dino? <laughs> He's winning my game. Now um, you had you you had amassed a lot of different things along the way. I to the point did. where you even gave Tasian something. Yeah, but it was like and I understood the move. I was like, great move, because it really kind of helped Tajian to be more in line with you. Yeah, it was it it served me in so many ways. Like later on, I realized, oh snap. I took an advantage and I turned it into an idol, basically. Or you know, <clears throat> I saved myself. I, I um uh and I had I had so many other plans. Um I was in a really, really bad spot. Mm. Uh, emotionally mentally um in a really really bad spot and um i had to balance being safe and keeping myself emotionally safe or mentally safe knowing that the people that i've left behind here at home who have given who have let me given me permission to play my heart out i felt as though the more i was playing the game at the level that it needed to be played at the more i was losing myself and choosing apathy over empathy because i'm able to read situations really well and able to provide comfort but now i have to choose against that and use what i see as game for gameplay and to be to benefit myself i guess and it just like the dante vote even the the Palesa vote was so unbelievably difficult for me because this is a woman who I, and I'm so sad I didn't even think <clears> when I said Palesa is like the sun and we are all sunflowers. And when she speaks, like our heads move towards like everything she says, especially on Yontao 2.0, she just like bloomed. She was incredible. Um, And at that vote, I knew that it was her or me. Um, and so I'm very sad about voting her off because I needed her again to be on my jury for me to win. Like she was, she was someone at Yamak. If I'm going to win this game, there's a few people that need to be on my jury because they're going to give me the money. I need to get those people to merge because they're going to give me the money. Um, and she was one of those people. So it was, it was very sad to lose her. Dante was very sad to lose. Um, and, and then, and then Steffi and the, all the girls that like my alliance betrayed me. I felt really ostracized. I it was really it was very tough to watch. Um, in, in in my opinion, one of the saddest moments of the season is watching Marion and and you on the island at that certain point where it was like she didn't want to look at you and stuff like that. And that was tough because we saw. I mean, I'm just going by what we saw on the edit. So if it if something differs please tell us. 
Um, but what it looked like to us is you guys had this incredible friendship that was formed through the full package. And then I think this is, if I remember correctly, post Steffi vote. And then, you know, she was sitting at the fire. You're sitting there trying to talk to her and she just like full out ignoring. And it was, it was like literally heartbreaking. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like the comforting that we saw from you to your fellow castaways, then just to kind of be put on the outs. It was, it was hard to watch. Um, it was, I'm going to say something now um, that I haven't said in a public platform before. Um, but, and I'm not saying it for reaction and I don't mm -hmm. expect the reaction. Um, at that time, I was balancing a whole lot more than my next move. Um, <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just take this opportunity to um, say real quick. Um, we actually got a member of the survivor community because I posted out, you know, if you have any questions for Meryl, leave it behind and everything. We had someone on Facebook literally say, and I'll, I'll get to her question later. She wanted me to tell you this is from Arbor. Um, let me, your energy gives me life. And she was crushed when you got voted out is the term she used. And I think that's why a lot of people were drawn to you in the game is because of your positive attitude and just kind of the human nature. Cause a lot of times in the game we get, you know, we can lose sight. Uh, I can't speak from experience, but I know speaking with Abraham and the other interviews, you know, you can get so into the game that you do stuff that afterwards you look at and you regret. But from what we saw, there was still a human nature to you in the comforting fashion and stuff. So I wanted to wanted to get that out. Um, just so Thank you know you. that a lot of people, you know, they loved watching you in the game and the positive nature that you had towards others. I mean, you're you're the way you played and the way you carried yourself, you were the nicest, deadliest threat in the game of Survivor. And you just made the game, I was like, Meryl got some massive moves she gotta make. But then you were like, you were so, you were so attractive as a, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to root for you the whole time. He's like, and then, you know, as, as a viewer, we see what's coming. You as a player, yeah. you don't see it coming. So it's not like, no, that's not, she's a snake in the grass. But who you was actually gave what you were doing just so much more credibility to the game of Survivor. And to be there like, I'm rooting for Meryl because she is one playing the best game, but she's playing it as herself. You didn't change who you were no. to play the game and you were winning the game. Even when, uh, and the scene where you had to go get the, uh, you could all go eat. Everybody yes, could go eat. Yes. And you jumped into the cake and you found the clue in the cake. And it's just like, you went in, you said, hey, what would I hide this at? You went in the cake, but you had so much fun doing it. And a lot of people, and I tell them, I said, look, when you go on the series, when you go on Survivor, you never know if you're ever going to go back. So have a blast. You can't worry about what you can't control, but you can have fun in everything that happens. And even when we saw you out there, it was cold and other people needed help. You were always there for them. And you don't always get that in the cast. You get what you think is going to be like that. But once you take away food, once you take away the environment steps in and you we start reflecting on home, you kind of get the true persons and you'd be like, oh, that's what you really are like. But you were consistent all the way through. 
when when you said food, the first thing that came to mind was that reward challenge that uh, I believe you won. Correct me if I'm wrong. And you got to pick people to go with you and you got to um, you got to this area. There was a nice picnic set up and it was OK. You guys can enjoy this food. I think it was Chinese takeout, if I remember correctly. And you guys can enjoy this food or you can take a bag of rice back to the tribe. And if I remember correctly, uh, you were one of the first people who said, I mean, I'm up for whatever you guys want to do, but I know what we should do. And that was take the rice back to the tribe. And that was just thinking about the other, you, you know, your other tribe members. Yeah, it was it was the blankets. Um, yes. because it was so cold that's right yeah at night. it was just unbearably um yeah it was unbearably cold uh yeah the this thing with marion was 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 really difficult because it, it felt so much more than the game it felt uh it felt cultural even to me mm-hmm. and i and i understood it for what it was however like um when one person, if, if we're in an alliance and one person is seemingly doing better than the others, like it was for us, it wasn't for, and even the way I played it. And um, so the tribal council pass, I always knew that there was a better way to play it. I just have to figure it out. There's a better way to play it than just getting me one more night in the game because mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm fighting again. And I'm fighting until six because all all um, advantages end at six. I'm fighting until six, and then if I don't have any relational component, I'm dead in the water. I have so you to have every single. You have two more tribals, right? After the one, the one where yeah, you so ended up playing, yeah, eight, yeah. So that was at so that was at eight. I have two more tribals, and essentially one and a half immunities with a fifty fifty coin. Mm-hmm. That that wouldn't. Even if I played all my advantages, it's it's not enough to get me to the end. I need to have enough of a relationship with the people around me to get me there. So I'm not. I don't want to fight for one more chance in the game. I want to fight for me to get to the end and maybe win a couple of immunities on the way. But don't bank on that because that's something unpredictable. So me putting all the eggs in the only basket that was afforded to me. I, I don't regret that at all. I think if I had, if I knew that they were coming against me, I would have put all my eggs in another. I was never going to play that tribal council pass for myself. It doesn't serve my long game. Really? Okay. I would have never done. No. Well, no. to me, it'd be like what you did with Tasian. Yeah. The so I've, I've actually, yeah. So I would have, I would have actually, Kilani was the key. I would have gone to Kilani. And even Shane was the key because Shane had said a lot. I I could have flipped Shane or I could have not flipped him, but presented another because there's a difference between like manipulation and suggesting possibly this is a better plan for all of us. I mean, if you guys want to get me later, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But right now, like to ensure Tajan, and that's what I said to him, to ensure that you you are longer in the game, we have to work together. And um, the same thing with Kilani. Kilani's resume needed moves. So if she flips now, that's a move on her resume. Shane needed moves. So there was a way, if I knew that those guys weren't actually with me, I believe that there's a way I could have twisted it and worked with the other four because Marion was definitely not with me and she had been to, to um, Outpost and I was unsure if she had something. So if I send Marion home, who is already immune, who no one can vote for, 
and she possibly is the only other person that has uh, an advantage. Now she can't use it. So she's gone. And now the vote is left now to 4-3, which on whichever side I put mm -hmm. my eggs in which basket. Um, and that is a better chance of survival at the next few rounds because I knew I still had the 50-50 coin, which no one else knew about. Um, so for me, it was, it was a better chance of longevity in the game than me just going home and missing tribal and not yeah. actually knowing what happened at tribal. Um, so it was an open risk, but it's, it would have been a risk that paid off a lot. So here's um, a question because so, it was, it was talked about all through your season. Well, we don't want to go to win this season. Was I that hate, I hate it when people say, I, I really don't like, I, you, you'll hear, you'll never hear me call anyone a goat. Mm -hmm. Like, was it just, more, just, was it more just something to throw people off and say, if I use this, this is going to keep somebody from voting somebody out or help to vote someone up. It's pardon, say that again. I missed was it, question. was it used to, as a strategy to say, you know what, if I use this term, everybody's going to jump on it and we can get somebody voted out or we can get somebody kept. I think he's talking the, the goat term. Yeah. yeah goat the, goat, term. the goat term. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. I, I, I believe if there's someone that is not playing the game at a level that you appreciate, I don't think to call, to call anyone a name is just disgusting. Mm. Um, in my, like you have no idea. And I could also, I could also sense that Kilani was going through something really difficult and Tajan was also really struggling. So it was just like, if they're not playing a visible game that to you means anything, I just, I don't think it's fair to call anyone a goat. I think it's destructive. And why would you want to be destructive? Um, but what I did say is if there are people that are not playing at the level that you are playing, get them out of the game because mm -hmm. that person is like the golden egg to take to the end with. And that person is taking up a spot of that could be mine. Mm -hmm. So my thing was always, if you believe that someone is a goat, vote them out. Um, just I'll just put it out there with, with the term of go, I'm completely on your side here because when I was younger, I fell into that kind of, kind of casual viewer. This person doesn't deserve that spot. They're a goat. They've done absolutely nothing. And now I'm looking at it. If you make it to the end in survivor, you deserve to be in the end. Like whether you were making a ton of absolutely. moves or not, you're talking a social game. I could go on the game and do absolutely no cutthroat moves or add nothing to my resume, but I'm, if I'm still annoying enough and, you know, pissing people off enough and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to get eliminated, then, you know, I obviously don't deserve to be at the end at that moment. But if you make it to the final two or the final three, you've done something right because people have kept you around long enough to be Absolutely. in that position. Well, here, here I, was, I here's, my other, agree. here's yeah. my other pick. Tajian would have been a force to be reckoned with. He was so close to winning challenges. If he'd have won one or two of those challenges, it would have changed everything because he yeah. was always there. He was always in the game. He was. He wasn't. He had a good. Tajan had a good read on the people in the game. Um, he just the hunger quotient of his survival experience. It really, like, impacted his ability to make moves and to you know strategize and to so. Um, he could read the game really well, but he couldn't. He couldn't do much else about it. Like he needed, and I think that's what he said with with um Teresa to come alongside someone that is now strategic to make those moves that needed to be made because he, he really had a, he had a great read on the game, but he was, 
and a lot of the time he was almost like he was made fun of a lot um because of how he would eat and a lot of people would laugh and then they'd say they're laughing at him and then i'd be like oh they're mm. laughing with him so i'm like no guys but it's like like why just mm. just stop um so uh a lot of people didn't take him very seriously because of how the hunger impacted him and that's why at the end of Shane's uh, final trouble council he keeps bringing that up because it was it was an aspect of the game that was almost um humorous to everyone else even even the uh, the the merge um game feast thing um he doesn't really mm. drink so he had wine and while we were in holding um he did some like silly kind of slapsticky um things uh and then it like everyone was just laughing at him mm. um because he yeah so he's he's a very endearing person absolutely very sweet um speaks what's on his like him begging uh thing to take him and everyone was like oh my word this is so inappropriate like just just stop it's all it's so awkward but then it becomes a joke afterwards so he had a good read on the game was unable to really um he, he played i enjoy watching him play he just needed yeah. the one thing i'll say about his game was he did some oversharing at times where in the game of survivor sometimes you just kind of got to sit back and say okay let's let me let things unfold and yeah, i don't have yeah. to say anything uh when he brought the big stick and he said it was my big stick. <laughs> I he, love that. He just had, he just had moments. <laughs> but that's but... why. Yeah, Abram, it's really endearing to be on the other side, but it's it's a bit out of touch within the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you're in the game and you're going through all this stuff, you, you kind of look at it like either a distraction or a reason. Well, it's a reason to vote you off. And it doesn't take much for somebody to yeah. say, hey, I want to vote you off. We're, and, yeah. and in the game of Survivor, you're looking for something to convince someone else to side with you to vote somebody off. And I was like, yeah. it's, but I, I, I love the way he played. I love his intensity. Yeah. And I understand the hunger part. And people really don't understand when you get to the level of being hungry, where that's really the most important thing to you. And yes, you want to play, but if you can't concentrate and play, um, it's always like, even on our season, they always have fishing gear. Well, if you can't fish, it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, you, can't, <laughs> you can't even walk down to the water. And the water was quite a distance from us. Like, and for him, um, oh, what do I want to say about Tajan now? Tajan and, oh, he came in so lean. Like, so. Yeah, lean. he looked skinny from the start. Little, yeah. There was very little body fat on him. To, there were no stores. So, like. Your, your body really starts eating itself and it starts in your head. Mm. So he, he was, he was battling like, you know, everyone wants to look really good for TV um, to go out there, but you should actually be going out there like with a little bit more in like, just, mm. you know, rank, you know, up the takeout, like eat more yep. burgers. Yeah. Like your yeah, exercise for sure. But you know, just insulate yourself a little bit because when you're starving, that's, those are the stores that your body's going to reach for. Now, um, just from a nutrition point of view. Now, if we want to talk about playing someone who is really playing the game, I mean, Mara, we've talked about your social skills, but you were out here. The advantage queen this season had literally, yes, you, someone get her, her crown. <laughs> is your husband still around? He needs to get your crown. <laughs> um, no, but um, remind me, I was talking to Abraham earlier. And I was like, I think I have everything that she got this season down, but I might need uh, kind of a reminder here. So what was every advantage that you got this season? 
So I had the outsurance out bonus uh, reward coin where I could go mm -hmm. on any reward. And then I had the tribal council pass, um, which is gives you a yeah. pass from tribal council. <laughs> but then you, you also miss the vote and you also, so it, it's like, it's a pass, but you're not really in on the game. And then I had that 50-50 coin, which again is not certain, but if your back is against the wall, um, is something you can play. And then you have an immunity idol as well from, from the cake. <laughs> that... no, so the immunity, the immunity was the, um, it was a tribal council pause. That that's right. That's cake. right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. when you have, when you're sitting there at, at that moment and having all these advantages at your disposal, do you think it makes the game easier to play in a sense where you can kind of relax a little bit or does it make it harder because you relax a little too much? Yeah. So, so that's such a good question because it complicates the game. Mm -hmm. Um. And what I learned on my first season, because I had an idol, I got an idol on my first season, is um, an advantage can burn a hole in your pocket if you are not good at reading the room. And I just made sure that I was good at reading the room. So when I needed to play it, that I would play it the right way. Because that's what happens is you get this thing and then you read the room incorrectly, which happened to me but I'll, I'll, I'll also explain to you why I read the room incorrectly. Um, but uh, then you are able to use it effectively and in a way that that builds bridges rather than just like save, like a Kelly Wentworth who just saves herself, right? It's, it's something that you can use, like especially the advantages. It's not just an idol. It's something that you can use in a game move in a way. So... Um, but the first time I played, it burned a hole in my pocket when you're not sure. And that's the thing also. Like I was on the right side of every single vote. Mm -hmm. I made sure I yep. was. I made sure I was have every single You vote. were killing it. I hope you know that, that you were killing no, the game. I, no, I, 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 I know it because that was, that was how, that was how I was, I, I was able to just read. And even when, even, like, I, I, I don't know, I, I just was able to read any everything and that's why me at the end it just spoke to my emotional degradation i really wanted out um i wasn't feeling safe mm -hmm. and and i i remember i'm i'm a religious and a spiritual person and i remember praying and just being like god i cannot play this game like mm -hmm. this so I, I need to get out and that's also the relief that i feel when I do get voted out is I'm just like, Oh my word. Did you see it coming? Like how confident were you in that moment of being like, because that's an interesting point you had that you're like, you were kind of at that point in the game. It was kind of how everyone was playing. It was kind of like, I need out of this. So were you super confident that you were going to be safe that night? The plan was going to work or was it more of like, Hey, let's just do this. If it works great. If not, I'm cool as well. What was the emotion going through you at that at that time? I think it it didn't matter um, on what side of it it landed because mm -hmm. either way, I felt like I was losing. Um, uh, I was balancing no, a lot. 
yeah, I was balancing a lot more than just just the game. the game. Yeah. And when I got voted out, the day after I got voted out, I actually um and this is the thing like I don't I I don't need a reaction. I don't need uh, anything. It is just something that I have to say is um I actually reported sexual assault and harassment. Mm-hmm. So when I say I couldn't keep myself safe or I wasn't safe, um, it was something I thought I could handle and win, but I realized it wasn't. And as soon as you, as soon as you, even if you're in the game, if you report that, it's you will get pulled. <laughs> you will get pulled from the game. The the perpetrator will get pulled from the game, and it 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 just destroys the whole game. And as a fan, as and as someone that is seeing how hard everyone is playing, I, it was also something that it never occurred to me. I just thought I could handle it. And then I realized um, I couldn't. And even while I reported it at the jury villa, um, and I was, I was recorded twice by the highest members of production. Um, I believe attempts were made to even silence me. And um, I asked to contact my husband. I was denied that. Um, I, I feel like I was gaslit. Like this person is such a character, you know, even if he gets to the end, who do you think will vote for him? So that was while I was reporting this thing. And while, while I come out of the, I mean, Abram, you know, the game itself is already traumatic. Mm. Just, just being in the game is trauma. Um, that you deal with a long time after for many years after you deal you leave the game you deal with the trauma of it and the second time in you understand that that is the sacrifice to get to the end but I could have not I could not have accounted um, for this and um, even when he was voted out um, he wasn't even questioned he was just put on the jury villa um, I've since reported it again because there was no news from production again. There was, um, I reported it again and then I even had to get an advocate. I had to get legal advice and not legal. I hired a lawyer. I hired an advocate and just for production to take me seriously and also to understand what the um, implications were of reporting something and, and, and that it's a criminal act. Um, so currently it is under investigation and but I don't even think I'll see that report. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to speak out on it and I chose not to because I saw what happened in season 39. I don't want to be painted as this victim, especially after I was playing a boss game and after I was reading everything correctly until the point that I couldn't because I was being harassed and assaulted and I wanted out so that 50-50 coin means so much to me because I didn't need to take a chance on my safety I don't need to do that in my real life because I do everything to keep myself safe always and I still have it and I'm so proud of it because I got out um and and also, like, I wanted to respect the players and to respect production and to respect um, 
because everyone played their heart out and I remember even leaving the show thinking this is for me as a fan this is going to be my top five favorite seasons of all time it was a little bit advantage heavy but damn the gameplay was out of this world it was so unpredictable you never knew who was going home there were so many blind sides and like I didn't because something like this it completely um it, it eclipses everything it becomes the banner in which the whole so this is really the first time well first off i mean i want to say thanks for sharing and uh, i know after season 39 that can't be an easy thing to share and first off i just want to say outside the game and everything i'm sorry that i'm super sorry um i couldn't even imagine having to go through that you know like you said battling the expectations that come with the show and especially with how you know popular this season was from what we heard it can't you know i get where you're coming from in the sense of you don't want to put that out there and because some people look at it the wrong way but i just we have your you know we support you here and that's something that nobody should have to go through especially now in everything that we've seen in the past that's something that should not be happening at all um it's you go out there for an experience you know this is everybody's dreams to to play the game and in no sense or fashion should you feel unsafe basically living a dream and that's what survivor is is living a dream um yeah i know that go ahead i know that part of what happened in our seasons that is the reason why it impacted the next seasons. So during our pregame, there is a part of pregame that we address certain issues and certain concerns are identified to us what is acceptable behavior and what's not acceptable behavior. And those things are discussed with a professional that's there on the island with us that from the human resources side of the house. Um, yeah. And we have to go through a portion of that during pregame so that when we come to the game we know what's the acceptable behavior and what is unacceptable behavior and it's unfortunate you can look back through the seasons of the U.S. Survivor and see where unacceptable behavior was identified but not addressed but with the U.S. side of the house they've looked and made sure that going forward I know for season 41 and going forward that they identify things that could be done and things that shouldn't be done and things that won't be tolerated. So by you identifying it, I hope that you, uh, South Africa Survivor takes the same course and addresses those issues because like Randy said, we're out there to live a dream out, not to create something that will we carry with us outside of the trauma that comes with the game because there's a part of you that's lost in that game forever. We want to go play. Well, don't get us, don't get me wrong. I wanted to go play. I enjoyed going to play, but you come back and really the people that played the game of Survivor only understand what you've been truly through in order to play the game. The people that are fans only see the parts that the edit shows, but you carry something back from the game when you come back yeah. to to your family and you can't really talk to them about it because they really don't understand what you went through. And people that play the game of Survivor do because we've gone out there and we played the game. That's why it's it, it was tough for me to speak on it just because 
I feel for you so much, but I don't know, you know, I haven't gone through that and I couldn't even imagine what it's like to go through that. So it's just, it's still shocking to me that to this day, we still have issues. And I hope, I really hope that you get the justice that you deserve um, for having to go through that. Um, And, you know, just watching the game and the edit and stuff, we didn't even get a sense of that at the time with how you were playing and just looking back at it now and knowing how you were feeling in that moment, it it's a loss for words. I couldn't even picture it. So, but you were right also about being a part in the French, a a badass bitch playing this game and, and killing it because you were, you were killing it. And that right there just shows the strength that you have how strong of a woman that you are to be able to put that out there, knowing that there's still some horrific people out there who are going, you know, to say, like you said, you want a reaction stuff, which (laughs) if if you guys say that this is not the channel for you, I'm just going to say that right now. Um, But that just shows the strength that you have, that you are willing to, you know, speak about your experience because sometimes when some people aren't willing to speak on our behalf, we just have to put our foot down and speak for us. And that was, that was very powerful. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to adding on to that a little bit. This is a question we always ask, Yeah. but I think it's the perfect time to get to it. And, and that's, what are you taking away from your experience? Cause I know your first experience on Samoa, you had a great experience. I know you love this game. I know you love it. So as a whole, what are you taking away from your survivor experience? And has this kind of ruined survivor for you in a way? Um, I am someone who loves to learn and loves to make connections <clears throat> within, you know, in, and become really introspective and, um, that that doesn't change. I feel like I had found my limit of what I was willing and not willing to do. And even within that, um, people ask, what, what is the lesson you learned? I'm like, that I'm golden and I sparkle. Like, You know the significance is... of the snaps. You know theater yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah, because I, yeah, I snapped on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the significance. It was. It was just... I played, like I've said, I played as myself. I was never going to put on a persona. It's too exhausting. I only played as myself. And I trusted everything that I saw and felt and read. And even while things were happening to me, I was so confused because I was being manipulated for the sake of furthering the game. And the reason why I actually got so sick the, um, on the exit interviews, I like I was really sick, is because I saw what he was saying about me while he was saying other things to me and it it sickened me like it it sickened me um but i realized that i'm golden something i found out in samoa is that i can always trust my instincts but for me that was even more refined like it was like i went through the fire and i came out golden and it is such a gift because I know people will search their whole lives to find that kind of certainty in the gift that is within them. And I'm so glad, even though now I don't trust it. Like I'm not even watching 43, which is a shocker because we watch everything. Uh Um, 
we watch every, we always watch Survivor. And um, in my Ponderosa video, I also say I feel like this has been my deliverance in many ways. And that is the refining as well. Like I just feel like these things that I, these things that I will never struggle with again. This this ways that I will never doubt myself again. Um, and that is such a gift. So I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for discovering the gold and for and the and and having the people, man, my husband. Like I say this as often as possible, but it's it's definitely us playing the game. He will never, he loves his creature comforts. He would never play the game of Survivor. He's a massive fan. And we debate and we go through especially like season 41. Like, why? How did we not see Erica coming? Like <laughs> something was wrong with the storytelling, and him and I are like on blogs and discussing it or whatever it is. So we definitely play Survivor together. Um, but uh in our real life we win together and um just knowing the gold that I am and the gold that I have around me was just spectacular. So I'm really thankful. Would you say this is the end of, you know, we always talk about the end of a chapter and we always ask, and usually we don't have, you know, this dark of a cloud kind of overlaying the situation, but what, you know, we always ask, would you play again? And we talk about, you know, the ending of a chapter, would you feel like after your second experience and everything you went through and how it ended, was this more of the closing of a book for you? Yeah. Um, I, th I think it was, it was, it was a closing of a, um, not a book because there's so much more to come. Guys watch this space. Like there is so much more inside me that's to come. Um, but it's, it's the, it's the closing of like, a part like part two the end of the act one the survivor experience you know Mary. um and it's it's definitely the end i will never play this game again i understand what that it's entertainment first it's entertainment first and as long as we can keep the entertainment going the other stuff around it doesn't really matter and um i'm golden so i matter all, all i want to add is when they call me back, can I can I get some free lessons? Yeah, that's all I. We ain't got to come back. I'm just saying, can I get when they call me back and I reach out to them? Be like, hey, it's time for me to go back. Can I get some free lessons? That's all I'm asking. I I would just say, tr like, tr trust what you see, trust what you feel. Like, I, look, I trust what I saw, and it got me. Well, I'll need lessons too, not on Survivor, yeah, exactly. but I, I just started uh, my my singing career. So I'm definitely coming to you for some singing really? lessons. Where I just can I find your singing career. I just posted. So it's on my, uh, I don't know if the link's on my Instagram, but I just posted my first song on Spotify. So it released last Friday. Oh my gosh. So it's if, if you really? type in my name, Randy Bruce, it's called Drive. So I just, I need, I need singing what lessons. What kind of music do you make? Yeah, pop music definitely like cheesy cheesy like, pop right now use... but some what do you use to record um so oh, i have uh i have a friend uh his name's tanner he's been doing music so went over to his place and kind of recorded the song uh and he edited it together and stuff so he uses he uses a lot of auto-tune so this song it's more of a roll down the windows and bop to it type of song um, with some some robotic auto tune there, but the next one I have is more of like a 
very emotional ballad. And I have someone, one of my other friends editing that one, and he focuses even more in music. So it's just kind of learning how it goes and stuff. But like, I got to learn how to hit the notes that you were hitting earlier. Like even just kind of like you were just kind of a little singing and you were still like on point. So think you muted there. Let's see. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was. I've been doing music since I was five. Um, wow. So I've been singing and playing piano, playing clarinet, um, a little bit of a guitar and percussion. So I would say go for lessons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what that I is... keep getting. Uh, I did have I did have one more before we start to wrap up here. We had a question from a fan, and. Uh, it should have got this a little earlier, but I felt like at the time of what we were speaking about, I needed to kind of get those last few questions that we have yeah. in. Uh, but Arbor, the same person who said earlier that she loves your energy, it gives her life and everything. She also wants to know, what do you think was the biggest mistake you made during the game? And if you could go oh, back, what would you change? I can definitely answer that. Um, when we got, I'm also looking for a Randy Bruce, but there's another Randy Bruce that makes music. Here, while while you're answering that, I'll I'll send the link over. Yes, please. There's someone that has been making music since like 2008. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is not me. I just released it. <laughs> Carmen in the Vineyard, House Afire, Time Weary Traveler. Is that you, Randy? That's not me. It's Randy Bruce. It's a different Randy Bruce. <laughs> That's because Randy has a different last name, too. I, I do, too. I shortened it. I didn't go with move with Randy, but I did. <laughs> I shortened my name, too. I actually have on Instagram. It's, I don't update it very often, but I have another uh, thing called music. Meryl makes music. Mm. Um, but I don't. Yeah. Right, Randy's looking at that. I, I wanted to thank you on the history lesson of your culture that you gave early yes. on. In this oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Um. Historically, we're familiar with South Africa and what it means to Americans that are in America and the historical connection between how uh, slavery was happening and moving people and everything else. But to give the definitions of the different cultures and some of how we're all facing the same challenges of communities that have not thrived. They may have changed what the title of those communities are. Yeah. Um, but they haven't thrived or been given opportunities to thrive. And thank you for giving us that because we're not familiar with what actually goes on day to day in South Africa. And again, we get caught up mm-hmm. in our own lives and we're in America until you actually go to visit different parts of South Africa and see for yourself. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting in the early 90s, South Africa was definitely present on a lot of our shows to point and give us understanding of what's going on in South Africa and some of the. Yeah. Some of the unfortunate things that happened to the culture, the people. Yeah. But we look at, I don't know how y'all look at um, the movie that's coming back out, Wakanda, mm-hmm. and how it's brought to the forefront of how African nations can thrive and how it looks yeah. to be successful in those environments. And it's there. It's not a movie didn't bring it there. It, it's already there. Oh my word! I just have to decide how far down this rabbit hole I want to come. I want to go <laughs> because because the problem the the the, the The problem perception is reality, right? So Mm -hmm. the perception that black cultures or cultures of biracial, interracial people of color, like haven't thrived is not correct. 
there just hasn't been representation in the media about the stories like you have the woman king now with viola davis i was about to say i think we're getting that because i saw the woman king and oh my gosh it is an amazing oh we could talk about viola davis all day you will love it i promise you it is incredible sorry (laughs) anime (laughs) we we, we really we could talk about it all day but the problem is the answer so the answer and the problem is the same thing there hasn't been storytelling or representation in the media therefore we need to be telling more stories of our own so that is definitely happening now especially because like culturally in south africa and culturally and and where the money lies and where and what is entertainment in entertainment like we have so many cultures and i mean we have 11 official languages 11 i was gonna say that that language real quick country a quick question. You guys kept using a, a certain language on the show a few times where we would get like, okay, that's what we didn't know what type of language it was. We talked about it a few times on the show. Wonder what language they're speaking right now. So it's, it's Afrikaans and it comes from the, the colonialists, the, the Dutch coming into South Africa. And then people, there's like a lot of uh, quit, uh, stories about the origin that it was originally the Bushmen that were trying to uh, speak to the Dutch. And they formed it almost, it's it's very close to Dutch. So it's got mm-hmm. almost like a Dutch dialect. Um, oh, sorry. No, you're, you're good. So, 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 <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's very much like a, a Dutch dialect, but it is, um, oh, this is, I don't want to give a long history lesson, but it is especially spoken by white South Africans and then by some of the brown colored people, it is spoken as well, um, but not that much by black south africans especially black south africans around the coast more inland you'll find black south africans that speak it and then the brown like it's it's complex but it was that a very was that really language. the only other was that the only other language you guys were using or was there a bunch no more? no so if you see so uh pinty Teresa and felix are from the eastern cape and in the eastern cape and in uh in the western cape they speak Kosa, and i also know Kosa because i'm from the eastern cape Okay. Um, so that is the kind of the, the, the people from that area speak closer. And um, the, but the, the language that's spoken the most in South Africa is also like a cousin um, to Kosa. It's, it's the Nguni languages. So you get Kosa Ndebele and Zulu. Um, and those are three of the 11 official languages. And they like cousin, cousin languages because they use the clicks. That... Mm, yeah. 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 So those, those, so um, at, Who's fun at whose tribal council when who's voted out? Someone is voted out at Yontau 2.0. And Pinty turns to Felix and they exchange something. Mm-hmm. And they speak they speak in closer. But it's it's a very there's not many people that speak that language, but the most the most, even the producers are Afrikaans. Mm. That's the language they speak. So but actually the most spoken language in our country is actually Zulu. Well, that's what I was wondering, too. I, I was wondering because you guys kept going kind of in and out of English and then to other languages and stuff. Does the show have anything like do they want you speaking for the most part in English or do they not really care? Because you said the most popular language was you said Zulu. Or the most used yeah. language. Yeah. So in in season eight, there's a part where Toriso and. Uh, um, what's his name? Tyson. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Tyson is from, but Tyson definitely speaks to Zulu and Teresa Sweetkosa. But those languages you can communicate. There's very little differences. And there's a time where they're speaking to each other. Um, and they and then she's speaking about Warda or she's but they're speaking, they know that no one can understand them. So she says the cook 
or whatever so that there's a little part but it's not um it's actually quite complicated because within the class structure of our country and where the money lies in the mm-hmm. country a lot of afrikaans people would be in those like you would be speaking afrikaans in in some parts of the country not everywhere yeah and then zulu is a um is a well afrikaans is also vernacular but zulu is a black vernacular language and Xhosa and Swedi and Sisutu, they are black vernacular languages. Um, and there's not a lot of black people that would necessarily enter Survivor because it's at the sea and you, you're struggling. Like it, it's really like it's really layered. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you wouldn't necessarily get a lot of those kind of languages coming through on a show like Survivor, but you would you would get it coming through on a show like temptation island or mm-hmm. big Bro- big brother or okay you know, it's maybe a little bit less to do with the ocean where you can drown and die <laughs> yeah. and a little bit more with like you can drink some beer or where there's a little bit more comfort mm-hmm. um you'd find because like afrikaans people go to the beach or to the voltaine what is a voltaine oh my word now that's an afrikaans to the nature reserve to the uh, the, the wildlife reserve mm-hmm. like for holidays whereas black south african people go home to their homesteads which is like in very rural villages where there's maybe not even uh much electricity or there's like a chiefdom in the area mm-hmm. and i mean i'm i'm not even like i i stand to be corrected as well like i don't i'm not the be all and the end all and like, mm-hmm. i don't know everything um at all about the many cultures and the many subcultures in south africa <clears throat> and within them even there's like a classist and a almost like the indian caste system like i know within mine um there is a caste system like the more european your like your likeness is the of a better class you were and that's how it was for us growing up because the more you look like the more you look european the better your privilege will be so like wearing braids in my hair was something that my mom used to do because i used to swim mm. but i would need to straighten my hair so i i i wouldn't wear my hair curly i would wear it like low like straightened and european looking because that would be more acceptable in our culture than to wear my hair curly and unkept and that's something that there's similarities then in the black american culture um because within the um for me i see similarities because a lot of our brown culture has been erased because somewhere a slave owner slept with someone he shouldn't have mm. or the bush do you know there's some something someone did something they shouldn't have mm. and out came brown people Yes, there were indigenous brown people as well who were the Koi and the Koi and the Koi and the Sand Bushmen, who were actually the original indigenous people in our country. The Tosa came from the north, the darker people came from the north, and the Europeans came from Cape Town mm-hmm. or from the Cape where they colonized and then they moved up from the sorry for this history. Actually, I'm not sorry for this history. Anyway. <laughs> yes, don't so, be sorry. Yeah, love so, it. So there is this brown culture that has a sense of displacement. And I was down in the Eastern Cape because we had to um we had to lay uh, uncle's ashes to rest uh, oh, in so the where we grew up. And thank you. And then, well, another uncle also passed away. So these kind of conversations came up because my grandfather was a very dark man, but my grandmother's father was uh, Netherlands, uh, Dutch. So there we know for certain that there was a white man in our family. 
but there's no talk of the very dark woman mm. there was in our family. Like, there's just no history. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's, no one it's, knows. So the the capturing of history is a similar. Like, for instance, like I'm dark. You're my mother's complexion, but oh. I didn't know and realize that the reason why my mom's that complexion is because her mother, her mother's grandparents were my mother's mother's father was white and her mother was black and i was like when did y'all when that happened and then on the opposite side it was because of native american my grandfather was native american so we we have that mixture of the color but we we kind of and i'm i'm listening to you and i'm kind of like okay what is she it took me a minute to follow how you describe people so you would be in ours we would call you would be a mixed child because you were married your your skin complexion would identify somewhere close. And then if your eyes were blue, we would say that you're probably Creole because you came from somewhere where there were French that came in and mm. changed the culture. And your history is based off of Africa. Our history is based off of a trade system where multicultures yeah. came into one location and you had Indians, you had Europeans, you had Germans, and it all just kind of mixed up. But we're, we all still see us in that I'm light skin, you're dark skin. Mm. We, we yeah, it's it's so complex because I'm ab- absolutely, and I think I think there's a lot of there's actually a lot more things that bring us together than that pull us apart. But it oh, would yes. require us to admit to that just generally around the world, like um, th- that we don't have to we we can gain understanding um, through things that are within our own cultures instead of like divisions but it's it, like, it comes back to survivor even is that we can work together but in survivor only one person wins but in life it doesn't have to be like that Mm-mm. we can take our differences and we can win together your win is my win um and but but with culture like i married to a uh to what looks like a white man Mm-hmm. He is Caucasian, but he's from mm-hmm. Poland and he has a very dark communist history. He was born in Poland. Um, I mean, even, I mean, we joked around his birth, like uh, when his mother was pregnant with him. Mm-hmm. Like we joked around that, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of history that we don't understand the anguish of like what communism was. And I have, I have a very close Russian-Ukrainian friend, actually. So mm. anyway, it's a hot topic at the moment even. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that stuff was so, so say tabulara, like it was so taboo to even speak on it that they can't even speak on it. So that is his history. But now it's seen that I've married a Caucasian person and my kids look white. My kids have green eyes with light brown hair and they have olive skin. Where'd they get the green eyes from? Because you don't have green so eyes. Do I, have a, I have a, yo, I have a, a recessive gene because my grandfather's for <laughs> British and he okay. had green eyes. Okay. So there is, like, like, like you say, Abe, there is, there, there, over here, there was also a massive mix of cultures because the Indian and the Malays also came in from the Cape. Mm. And so a lot of people in the Cape have dark skin, but blue eyes or green eyes because there was, and, and or they have like really dark, uh, dark skin, but they have very soft hair. Um, and that is the Indian side coming, like it's, and green eyes. So there's a lot of complexities, but a, what, what I'm saying is a lot of history was lost and there's a lot of displacement. Um, oh, because of it, I know. And I yeah. said you you played the first time in Samoa, um, yeah. And I've I've had the fortune to be in the military and lived around the world. 
So from wow. Japan, Japan to Guam to Germany. Oh, wow. But going to Fiji and actually talking to the Fijians. And after, so once we got into Ponderosa, after we got voted out, we got a chance just to sit around and talk. And just yeah, to yeah, see yeah. their culture. And they were just as amazed at me as I'm amazed at them. Because I'm like, you look like my reflection. But they've yeah. never been to the U.S. <clears throat> and I'm like, I'm here because of the game. But you look like my uncle. And I'm like, how is that possible considering yeah. how much distance is between yeah. where I live and where you live from the U.S.? So it's amazing to sit down and just speak with other people's culture and see and hear their history. I think, I think as a world, what needs to happen is every time we talk about like these situations and everyone just needs to come together and just please like live in harmony. Like, please. But I think this is what we need more of is like the sharing of the stories. Like you said, Meryl, we need, you know, more representation of the stories and stuff and the cultures that that everyone can see. I know me. I don't have anything to add to this, obviously, but just it's been a blessing to like sit here and listen to you and Abe speak about, you know, your guys's point of views. And it's we need more of that, I think, in, in society. I know in the seasons 41 and 42 of Survivor, I'm definitely 41, it was a, a very diverse cast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that from looking at Survivor and once we arrived there and seeing everybody and who was actually playing that season. And also, and I, I think very much so in 41, and I know Jonathan um, in 42, when Drea got voted out yeah. and they were discussing something in reference to, um, it wasn't about Jonathan, it was about what she felt by Roxroy being voted out and there's a possibility for someone else of yeah. black to be voted out. And Jonathan, and I met him, Jonathan's a great guy. And I understood where Jonathan sat as far as he's not like that because he's not, but I understood what Dre was saying. It's not about you. It's about what the situation has presented to us. Um, and to me, this is a history lesson for me as well, Randy. So you don't stand alone. I'm, I didn't mm -hmm. grow up in South Africa. I yeah. visit parts of South Africa, but I didn't grow up there and I don't know the history to the depth of Merrill explaining it to me. So I'm just as candid about trying to listen to what you're saying and understand how you're presenting the history. Cause I'm like, one, I've never heard it presented like that. One, because a book doesn't present you history. A book tells you history and it tells you from somebody else's perspective. You're presenting that, history to me. And I'm like, someone wrote it down from their perspective. Mm -hmm. It's, but you, you said, well, 11 different languages are in South Africa. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I had no idea that there was 11 different languages. Those, those are the official languages. That's not even the sub dialects within the, the languages. Like so your accent tells me from South Africa. But where is English introduced to people in South Is it introduced in school? Yeah, so um, even though Zulu is the most spoken language in the country, um, most uh, and this is my ignorance talking by saying most. It really is. Is communicated in English in the circles that I like. Mm -hmm. But in the area where I live now, it's not the area. The town that I lived was a coastal town um, on the Eastern Cape. And most of the coastal towns in the Eastern Cape speak English. Mm -hmm. When you veer over to the Western Cape, it becomes quite Afrikaans and even to the Northern Cape and up to Namibia. You said so you're Namibia, near Johannesburg, right? Right now, now but yeah. I'm in a little town called even the history of the town. Anyway, is it was I think it was for like anyway, the, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very Afrikaans like strip. Okay, between 
Johannesburg and Pretoria. So Pretoria is our legislative capital. Johannesburg is like our commercial hub, like our LA. Okay. Can I even, I can't call it our LA because LA is wide and the gold was in Johannesburg. I'm pretty sure when we spoke with uh, Safiso about doing exit interviews and stuff, he was like, if you guys come out here, go to Johannesburg. I'm pretty sure is what he said. No, he probably said go to Cape Town. Cape Town is actually more like our LA. I, I think, he, yeah, I think he Please mentioned Cape Town too. I lied. <laughs> Johannesburg is not at all like LA. Johannesburg is like at all. She never said that. Just quickly delete that. (laughs) Delete because that was so wrong. I'm so sorry. I was put on the spot. That was so wrong. No, you're good. Cape Town is Cape Town is more like LA. (laughs) But the gold rush happened in Johannesburg where they found the first gold. Oh my word. Sorry. No, you're all good. Um, See, you brought a backup drink. You're more prepared than I am because I ran out of my water and I don't have a backup drink. So now I'm like, I'm, like I'm a, tough. I have a snack here, but I think it's because one of the kids left it here. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, so <clears throat> Johannesburg and Pretoria is our legislative capital where our White House is our White House is a brown house. So it's like the union buildings and it's brown. Mm-hmm. So our brown house is there. We all, And then there's another. We ha- actually have three capitals. We have a judicial capital. <laughs> We have a, then we have a, a parliament. Parliament is in Cape Town. The Brown House, the union buildings, parliament, like, is in Pretoria. And then between Pretoria and Johannesburg. So, so Johannesburg is a lot more cosmopolitan, mix of cultures, blend, lots of acceptance. Mm-hmm. There's a vibe there. There's a um, lot of money is made in that little, little place. <coughs> but between that is a little strip called Centurion, where I live, which is very Afrikaans. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know. What's, what's, it's like it's right here in your throat. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel that. You should have saw me before the episode. I'll just say it is I, I had this long hair. I'm still getting used to it. I've never had long hair in my life. And before the episode started, you know, it kind of cuts through my mic. And I kept having this, like, one strand of hair just get in my mouth. And so, like, Right before we went on the air, I was l- literally like, <laughs> like trying to not like stick my hand in my mouth and pulled out. Uh, but no, you are you are completely good. I know if you want to stay after uh, the recording here, I'll go ahead and say that this is this has been such a great time, and I, I honestly honestly mean that. Um, just the insight that you gave us both the tough situation and just the history of South African culture. And that's something that, you know, usually when we come on the show, it's, it's just survivor, but we don't want it to be just survivor. Like we want to one survivor is so much bigger than that. I say it all the time that casual fans, it's, it's all about the show and that's all they pay attention to is, you know, what we see on the show, what characters, not personas, what characters are painted by the editing room. And so much more than that there's so much i mean that's why i mean i'm blessed abraham you know this i say this all the time i'm blessed to be doing this and i don't do this to try to make money i don't care how many viewers i get it's just a blessing to come on and be able to speak to people and like hear about their experiences and the fact that we've been able to open this up just past the united states is even better getting uh, different viewpoints from Australia covering that and now South South African covering their survivor as well. And getting to meet their culture is 
it's a blessing. It's an absolute blessing. Abraham, before we end the recording part, do you have anything else you want to say? Hey, Merrill, he, he's the most humblest young man I've ever met. <laughs> no. he, 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 will, no. he does not. When I played on the show, I'm living out my dream. And I get this call and you, you get inundated with it where people reaching out to you. And he reached out to me and said, hey, we'd like to do an interview. I was like, you know, I'm not used to doing interviews. I will do it with you. And he was, I don't know if he was doing it on your phone at that time, but it was really low key. And he, and he reached out again and said, hey, would you like to do a podcast with me? And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll try this podcast thing out. That to where we're at now, where we're interviewing you and having the opportunity to speak on so many different other things is because of the work he puts in behind the scenes. When he yeah. reached out to Australian Survivor and spoke with the counterparts to CBS, when he reached out to South Africa Survivor, and all he said was, hey, we're going to do Survivor South Africa Return of the Outcast. I was like, great, count me in. And I show up. But he's really the work behind all of this. And to get an opportunity to speak with you personally does no justice to seeing you on a, on a screen. No justice. This is absolutely the best to be able to talk to a person and find out, are they like what I see? And you are much more than what we saw in your season. Just the person that you are. And the history lesson that you gave me today. Thank you. Beautiful. Golden. Beautiful. Golden badass we talked about all of it but <laughs> it was just this was one of the most enlightening interviews we've done and it was sure. absolutely beautiful meryl we can't thank you enough for coming on the show today sharing your experience sharing your passion for the culture as well thank you so much yeah man and thank you guys i think this there's not a lot of uh podcasts where we get the insights from a true fan, a player, it's, 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 it's really, really beautiful to get those kinds of insights because you also know what questions to ask. And um, being on the show, you ask different questions to what you see on the edit. So you guys have a really good thing going here. Oh. Thank you so much for having me. Like, thank you so much for listening to all my stories. And I'm also happy to know there's another theater person that's like, don't need to sound arrogant here, but I'm, I'm, I'm badass. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for listening. You guys can check out Meryl. Meryl, uh, where's the best place for them to check you out on social media and your music even? Yeah, so um, I'm, ooh, <clears throat> I'm at Move with Meryl. And then I have a little smaller page called Meryl Makes Music. And I haven't posted something on there in like five months, I think. Meryl makes music where I sometimes share my like little things that I play for or, or just play, you know, when I'm inspired or when I've set the camera up enough or when the kids are actually quiet in the house. Hmm. Um, and then I have another music project, which um, was inspired a little by Israel Hooten and Maverick City, if you heard of them. So it's a collective of cultures, like I explained, like the cultures in our country, just writing music for South Africans. Um, over over like the Christmas time so um, it was a, a project I started last year which I'm very very proud of um, that one's called Mzansi Collective Mzansi is like a slang word for South Africa can you send um, us the uh, can you send us the link to that so I could put it in the description yeah 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 I and we recorded it's actually such a cool story guys you see now I'm telling another story <laughs> I love this so 
it was just like I just had this idea I guess of like I played in church bands for about 15 years and I grew up with music I grew up um, classically trained in music but also uh, n knowing that like in the game I'm able to kind of pivot around the room and see what people's strengths are and bring it together and that's also how I knew like I will win this game of Survivor I've been working this <laughs> forever like we make music like I can make everyone work for those of you who don't know if you're not in acting by the way we have to have this confidence with everything we do everything so I am supporting my girl here with the yeah we're winning this game sorry just had to throw that out there <laughs> Oh my word! I I yeah, um, I'm actually the I I I'm actually like the biggest person that serves. So if you were ever to come and visit me, I would like make sure like your bed is great and you're eating the food that you want to and like um it's very actually don't very tempt us because Abraham and I have literally oh, been no, talking come. about going. Oh, we have a guest to, room. We've okay. been we have haven't we, room? Abraham? We've talked about going to visit South Africa. Oh, you can come and stay here, and it's safe. I stay like there's a lot of stories about how South Africa is not safe. I stay in a very safe area because I'm raising humans and I'd like for them to play in the streets. So we stay in like a boom of... Uh, we'll be in touch. <laughs> we'll be in Thanks. touch. Thanks. <laughs> we will have a place to stay. Please send me your dietary requirements. I love to um, I will. I will not be waking up in the morning, but I'll show you where the coffee machine is. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so Mzansi Collective. So I got like a lot of friends that I played with over the years of, in my like church and we got together over a weekend, most of us just on the one day, the Saturday, I had a camera crew, I had a sound engineer, and we wrote and recorded five songs within that day. And it was just like within the day and it's all posted to YouTube. It was high stress, but not high, high productivity, low stress. We weren't actually stressed. We actually had a lot of fun on the day and it was really cool. So there's a lot of different languages. There is an Afrikaans. Um, in any of the songs but um i'm hoping to do like a kind of review review musical carol situation now in december oh also so, the collab randy bruce music my music and and meryl it's gonna be coming <laughs> let's let's do it i let's love it. it i love this idea i love oh like combining cultures and getting like mm. a a oh my gosh i love it combining That's different amazing. types of music as well mm. yeah I, I made a new best friend today, and her oh, name is Meryl. Yay! <laughs> oh, I can get so you some cool. good tea. I can get hey, some great tea. Abraham, what, <laughs> can, uh, what can you play for us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, do you play an instrument, Abraham? I can support any endeavor that y'all y'all want to travel down. That's about. No, Abe I is can. also being very humble. I can see. I can yeah. sense it. I can't. Abe, I, only, Abe, I wanted to play something with the sax, but I just never put the time in. Meryl I've tried I've tried like making him not as humble because he always says how much work I put in the show but I always tell him I'm like Abe I don't know if this show will be where it's at if I didn't have like another survivor player here to kind of bounce off of because it, it it you know it's a comfortable feeling when you come on the show and there's someone sitting there who's played survivor you know I can speak about it as much as I want but I've never been through any of the experience of actually going out there Meryl, I just I just come to work prepared. I make it I make him little sheets like this, so we can do different things and write stuff down. So he doesn't have such difficulties. That's why he keeps really. Me That's amazing. Yeah. So now we we, so we besides graduated. Besides the tea, besides yeah, making the tea, tea. Yeah, you can organize our schedules. I can yes. organize stuff. 
And uh, it's funny because before, and matter of fact, it was your season. We had the first one. It was like, oh, let's kind of, I was like, no, we can do better than that. So the next one, I was like, no, let's put it together. And everything that we kind of learned about each other and what we wanted to talk about when it came to cast evaluations and different stuff, I just put it together on a piece of paper. That's what I do. I, I, I just coordinate. So, so to summarize, uh, we're taking a trip to South Africa. We're staying with Meryl. We're going to party. And then we're recording a very like amazing cult, uh, like cultural immersion. Oh, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. You get what I'm saying. There's going to be different cultures together. It's going to be gorgeous. But uh, before we get off and kind of spend our own time together, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed our talk with Meryl today, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. We really do support it. And check us out on social media. You can head to our Instagram at Survivor Now Podcast. I, I don't know if this is going to be the last time you guys see us speaking with Meryl. So, Meryl, you always have an open invitation to come back to the show. Woo! Thank you. So, we would love to have you back. But thank you guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Right. Thank you.